you always need to improve your craft. I think even at the elite level, people still have a lot of room to get better. Arnie's advice of essentially having a goal, understanding what it is that you're trying to achieve and working your bum off to get it is really solid advice. Welcome to season five of Spotlight, the Meet the Talent series. Join us as we chat with industry professionals who will be leading some of the arts programs on offer in 2021 for teachers and students. Pete Malecki is a versatile writer and a maverick of the arts and entertainment industries. As a writer, he's had over 1,100 productions of his plays in 20 countries and won 25 awards in film and theatre. His specialty is writing theatrical monologues with textured characters and engaging stories and are among the most popular and successful monologues in the world with 10 publications available. Pete is also a heavyweight producer and creative industries business expert known for running significant projects like Short and Sweet Sydney, the World Monologue Games, a global acting event featuring thousands of participants from over 80 countries, Arts Business Academy, and the Creative Industries Future Leaders Incubator. Welcome, Peter. Thanks for having me. You've been a prolific investor in the arts, Pete. How did you first find your feet in the industry? I started when I was in high school just writing because it was something I've always innately enjoyed. And after school, a friend of mine had read a novel that I'd written uh, that never got published and probably for good reason. And she sent me an ad for a playwriting competition. And I thought, well, I don't really know how to format a play. I don't really know what it looks like, you know, off the stage. But I asked my dad if we had a play in the house and I I got the publication and I figured out what I needed to do. And I ended up winning this nationwide competition with my first ever play, which was a bit of a fluke. But that really got me excited about the world of live production. And it opened my eyes to the fact that getting a book published is really difficult, really competitive. But there are other ways that you can find an audience as a writer. Pete, you've been a prolific writer with monologues. What is your practice in regards to creating and writing these? Look, I think practice is one of those lifelong things. You never get to the point where you could not improve any further. And so despite the fact that I've been writing now for over 20 years, I still think of practice as important. And sometimes I'll take on a challenge which is really out of my comfort zone. So recently I wrote a monologue which was in the Cockney dialect. And the piece I wanted to write really had that tone, that vibe, and I, I wanted to get that language to, to create a, a Cockney character. And I've never written that before. And it was really, it's quite alien to me. And so I was thinking of like Guy Ritchie films, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. And I had to do a lot of research. I had to try to find people speaking in that dialect and looking up the slang and the the terms used to to actually come up with the monologue. And it, it was a great challenge. So there's always improvement. And I think other than just getting better at what you do day to day, you can always branch out and try something completely different. Tell us a little bit about that research process and how that adds to your overall creative process. As, as a writer, my process tends to be this. I come up with an idea, I sit on it for a while, and I try to come up with another idea which fits with that one. So I don't tend to just do one idea. I try to marry at least two different closely related concepts 
before I write. So there's something that's a bit more textured and a bit more interesting. A lot of ideas are quite thin and I don't want to fall into that trap. But the actual process of writing, once I've come up with the ideas, it's usually very easy for me. I tend to just like, okay, I've got the idea. It's ready to go. I'll sit down and I'll bang it out in, in 20, 30 minutes. So this was quite unique for me. I don't normally take on that kind of challenge, but people talking with the Cockney dialect in on YouTube. And it was surprisingly hard to find anything. I, I just really came up dry. And then I, I was researching what are the common terms that he used, trying to get a, an understanding for how they use language. Because, you know, ev- every cultural group uses language quite differently. They, they have their expressions, you know, their, their, just the individual words and phrases, idioms that they use. So I was really trying to capture as many of those as I could. And I ended up writing down a list of about 20 or 30 words and phrases that were quite cockney and tried to work in as many of those that would organically fit within the pieces I could. I wasn't forcing them in. I was just trying to, you know, flesh out my character by using as many of those, you know, really cockney specific terms as I could. Do you have any particular theatrical style that you like, not to model against, but that you like writing in that particular style? I do always try to do something different. I don't tend to just write the same style over and over again. I think part of what I do is providing a service for actors. They want content to perform. And there's a lot of different tastes out there. So I don't want to just be writing the same thing over and over. I want to reach a wider audience and give more actors content that they're going to enjoy. So I always try to mix it up. Generally speaking, though, I I do prefer a naturalistic style. So I like something that can be performed and feel really believable. But having said that, I also write a lot of wacky stuff as well, a lot of absurd things. So you you like a little bit of absurdism and a little bit of naturalism and realism. What are some of your own career highlights? I think I, I transitioned away from just being a writer to being a producer when I started to run the Short and Sweet Sydney Theatre Festival. And after doing that for a few years, I started to create my own businesses. And I realised that with the hybrid of my like senior producer experience and my day job, my corporate job, which is working in project management, mostly for government, that I had a skill set that is really missing from a lot of the industry, which is really understanding the mechanics of business. So I've turned my focus into helping creative artists develop their careers and helping set up creative industry businesses, especially when you start to think around profitability. Because if you want to do something for a living, you have to be making money. It's just a a sad fact of life. And if you don't think about how you're going to make money, you probably won't. So that's turned into my emphasis, even though I still do a lot of creative projects. My main sort of focus and passion is setting up creative industries, businesses and helping people with their careers. What do you think the best advice is that you've been given? <laughs> it's, it's funny because advice is so context specific. So advice I've been given as a writer might be completely useless outside of that or, you know, in in. I don't know, in the corporate world might be unhelpful for the creative world. But 
one thing that I do always think about is Arnold Schwarzenegger's motivational speech on YouTube. This is surprisingly incredible. You know, whatever you think about Arnie, he just gave the most incredibly succinct and pragmatic motivational speech, which is all about having a vision and working your bum off. And I think this is something that creatives tend to perhaps avoid is too strong a word, but they they neglect to uh, appreciate how much hard work is necessary if you want to be successful in a really competitive industry. So I, I think Arnie's advice of essentially having a goal, understanding what it is that you're trying to achieve and working your bum off to get it is, is really solid advice. So obviously this would be some solid advice to, to give to some students also in terms of preparing if they're working with one of your monologues? Yeah, look, I, I mean, uh, you've heard the expression that art has never finished, it's abandoned. And I don't agree with that, but I think there's there's something in the sentiment of that which is quite true, which is like you never get to the point as an actor where you've done an absolutely perfect job. There's always one little moment that you could refine and improve. Uh, you know, in comedy, the timing can just be that tiny bit better, tiny bit tighter. So I think continually working on your piece is really important. Don't get to the point where you think that it's sort of satisfactory. Just keep working on it until it becomes excellent. How has technology impacted on your artistry? And if it has, in what way? Incredibly so. This is an area, interestingly, where um, the creative industry hasn't really gotten on board with technology. With my focus on trying to set up businesses and create new opportunities for people, I think technology allows people to do things in a completely different way, in a way that wasn't even possible recently. So, you know, I'm, I'm currently running a major online global event called World Monologue Games, and technology is the only reason why this is possible. We have thousands of actors from over 80 countries participating in any one season. We live stream on YouTube, and um, we've had over 100,000 views now in the event, which is really phenomenal. When you think about putting a show on in a theatre for three weeks, you might get a few hundred or a few thousand people turning up. So in one of our seasons, we're getting tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands. And we're getting performers from Nigeria performing alongside people from Belgium and the United States. It's, it's really incredible. And technology is the only reason we're able to do this. It's also provided a platform for me to make money from my work. Um, I, it was, it's very difficult to get a novel published. I have had a fiction novel published, but it's just really hard to make money from it. And I now run my own um, website and resource with my scripts and some online courses on sale. And I actually make money from that. So again, without technology, none of this would be really possible. And it's an area where most creatives don't really uh, exploit it like they could. There, there are lots of opportunities to make money and find success if you learn what's out there in the technosphere and take advantage of it. Do you think the World Monologue Games also gave individuals a further platform using technology to showcase their skills and talents? Well, absolutely, because every performer who made it through to our live stream events, and last year we put through a little over 200 the average number of views each performer received was 2,000 to 10,000. 
And that's, you know, that's a really wide audience that they're getting exposed to. Those videos are still online and they're still getting views now. I heard lots of stories of people who met other collaborators through the event and have started to have conversations or even do productions together. They've started to work together. So, yeah, it's been an incredibly powerful platform for people. If you could uh, write a show, a, a monologue for any artist, who would it be? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't tend to think like that. I, I don't really have that sort of, um, you know, who, who's the band that you'd love to open for kind of mentality. But I, I, could, I could say this. One author who I love is Neil Stevenson. He's, um, he's written quite a lot of uh, incredible books. And he wrote this book called Snow Crash, which I think would make an amazing feature film animation. And I'm actually working on animation projects. I've, I've got three projects going, one's, one's completed and two are in, in the works. I would love to make a feature film of Snow Crash. That's, that's one of my dreams. Sounds like an exciting dream to have that one. Fingers crossed that you're going to make that actually work. We'll have the luxury of working with you later in the year as part of the Senior Theatre Works program where you'll be the director-writer. What can we expect to see from you as we work with our Sydney Catholic School students? As a director, I'm best at getting a good performance out of an actor. I'm not as good as other directors at sort of coming up with the creative vision, you know, what you're doing with the the um, audiovisual side of a production. I'm really, really strong on getting good performances out of the actors. So I think those performers who are successful in entering the program, I'll give them a lot of attention and, and really help them bring out the best performance that they're capable of. We'd like to thank you for giving us your time today, Pete. It's always wonderful speaking with you and hearing of the amazing work that you continue to do for not just students, but for so many people in the creative arts world in, in Australia and beyond. And with that, thank you. Thank you, Henry. It's a pleasure to chat.